And welcome to another edition of Guitar Tales. My name is Dave Cohen. Here we are in season two, episode two. This is the Night of Twos. And I want to take a minute right now uh, to talk about our show because as I was watching everyone set up, I want to talk a little bit about Riverview Studios. Uh, leading up to every show, there's so much work that goes into it. And I thought we here at Guitar Tales should take a minute and thank all of the fantastic uh, staff here at Riverview. We have people working the sound, people working the cameras. We have um, an intern behind the camera I'm looking at right now, who's laughing right now. Uh, we have sound people, uh, we have direction, we have friend of the show, publicist extraordinaire Scott Engel, and his much, much, much better half Aaron here in the studio. There is so much work uh, that goes into the show, and I just wanted to express my true gratitude uh, for all the people who uh, just bring a lot of love into the building, because that's going on everywhere right now. There's just a lot of love, and people are really caring about each other. It's a wonderful thing. Um, this is the second show of uh, season two. We are thrilled that we have um, more guests lined up. Um, on December 10th, we will be taping uh, with Matt O'Ree, who toured uh, with Bon Jovi. That's very exciting. I think, I think he sat in Richie Sambora's role uh, with that band. Uh, but right now, I am absolutely thrilled, absolutely thrilled uh, that we have with us, as you know already, uh, Dan Neary. We watched his amazing guitar playing. We're going to take a deep dive into Dan's life. Dan, thank you so much for joining How us. How you doing, man? Thank oh, you. We are absolutely thrilled to have you. <laughs> I appreciate it. I really do. I really do. It's, it's, this show is awesome. Uh, I'm very happy to be here. We are Looking so happy. Looking forward to, to uh, talking to you. <laughs> We're going to have a good time. We're going to have a good time. Dan <clears throat> went through so much to get here. We'll, we'll talk about that in a bit. Oh, gosh. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, it was a replaced belt uh, to get here. It's, it's the life of a musician. Uh, but as anyone who watches the show knows, uh, we have to get through something first, and that is Six Degrees of John Bon Jovi. Okay. All right. So the rules <laughs> of the game are real simple. There is some connection between you and John Bon Jovi. I need you to get us there. Okay. You ready? I'm ready. Okay. How do you get there? It, well, it's pretty simple. Um, <laughs> my father's girlfriend, okay. uh, Lori, from Saraville, she went to high school with him. Wait, hold on. Are you going to talk about uh, Club and A? I could talk about Club oh, and no, A. Oh, I thought that's what you were going to say. Go on, go on. Um, no, they just went to high school together. Um, oh, really? I think they were maybe dated in seventh or eighth grade or something along those lines, and uh, she just knew him growing up, so it's my connection right there. I think it's, I think it's one degree. Is that? You know her, because, I mean, how do you get closer unless you know him directly? Yeah. You know her, and she knows him, so you're two degrees. So uh, you're a solid uh, silver or maybe bronze. I think you're silver. Okay. All right. All right. So you... <laughs> You were in a very, very successful band, The Event Horizon. Yep. Okay. We watched you play before. Um, you're going to be one of those guests where I don't want to pick up a guitar <laughs> because I'll be too intimidated to do so. Um, I want to take a dive into your life. Um, so are you a full-time musician? Do you have a day job? I do have a day job. I, uh, I work for the county government, actually. What, what county? Middlesex County. Okay. Um, by day and uh, by night, I'm playing in all over the uh, East Coast here. So, oh, really? So you're not limited to Jersey? No, we um we play anywhere from New York, Pennsylvania, um, West Virginia. We play okay. a big college bar out there. We actually get 
uh, flown down to Florida a few times a year to the Hard Rock uh, Casino down there. So, uh, the one um, uh, Seminole? Hollywood, yeah, yeah Seminole yeah. Hollywood. I've been to that. They just rebuilt it. That's like the big guitar building that they've uh, yeah. been advertising everywhere. I was just so. in Florida, and I, I think I saw it. I it's cool. It. It's it's definitely interesting. So, But, yeah, we, we travel all over the place. So, Well, I, I got to say, you're a little different, because what we've seen so far is, you know, we've had, like, guest two, season one, um, show two, episode two, Big Daddy Abel, full-time musician. Yeah. No day job. Yeah. And he's working, you know, the, the same sort of region that you're talking about. Um, we had Brian Mackey on, um, who also, that's all he's got. So my, my question for you, and, and today is such a great example, uh, and you're, I, they don't know why you're laughing yet, but, uh, so you were a little bit late today. Why were you late today? I was, uh, coming here in a rainstorm and, um, the belt, my alternator belt flew off my car. I don't know if it's because I had my wipers on, my heat on, my lights on, everything was just overworking itself. And, right. uh, I got a little sidetracked. <laughs> Your belt popped off, and you guys did a roadside repair. Yes, sir. Dad came over. Yeah, he came and uh, got me out of a jam. So wow. that's something. <laughs> so, so you have these challenges. So when I when I hear about someone a full time job with the county, that that's a forty hour a week job, right? Yeah, right. So how do you how do you fit in, flying all over the place? So, you know, I would imagine each job creates stresses <laughs> for the other. To a, to a certain extent, but I mean, I got to admit, I'm very lucky because I, you know, even when I first started music, uh, trying to do full time, I was always working jobs, dead end jobs, things here and there, warehouse jobs and getting out at six, seven o'clock at night and then going to a rehearsal. I mean, I'm very lucky to be with the county and just, you know, it's like a four o'clock. I'm out. I get a lot of days off vacations. Okay. I, you know, they're, they're very understanding. So, um. <laughs> but that's still you're you're gonna get there what eight thirty? Yeah. All right. So, so if you're gigging till one or two in the morning. Oh, there's there's plenty of those nights. There's yeah. plenty of nights I'm coming home four o'clock, but you know, three hours sleep, two hours sleep, and going to do it. But I mean, and 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 so far it's working for you. But that's interesting. You know, like like uh, <laughs> Scott's in the studio. Scott has a full time job, and he gigs probably forty forty five gigs a year, I would guess. He could run out of the back room right now and say you're wrong, Dave. But I think I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's listening right now. Uh, but so how many gig are you gigging that many times more than that? I'd say we do probably two to three times a week. And then in the summer, it's four or five times, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Tuesday nights at bar a beat the clock We're yeah, probably you're probably pushing probably, over a hundred, well, probably close to 200, honestly. Oh really? Yeah. I mean, w when summer's in, oh my gosh. Yeah. It's busy. So that's a big commitment, <laughs> and you're at and you're out of state pretty frequently. Yeah, yeah, we we do even like Atlantic City a lot. That's I mean it's an hour and a half drive. So, but you know what? I'm I'm very lucky to be doing it, and I'm oh yeah it, it, to get four hours of sleep, three hours of sleep, you know, but to be doing what I love. I mean, and just all the people you meet and everything. I mean, it's it's a real real great experience, you know. So you seem like a very positive guy. I I love to play, man. I yeah. you know. It's the same as when I was 16 or 17 starting out. I still feel the same when I'm on stage. Just love being up there. Love being, love pursuing music. You know. Right. Just... Well, this is cool. And you know what I love about an interview like this? So, 
about a third of the guests I've known to a varying degree. I never met you. I don't know you. So I, I love to take these deep dives into, you know, people's lives. Yeah. I'm going to guess low 30s. Something 31. Like okay, there you go. So how old were you when you started guitar? Seriously, um, or, or just casually in general, probably 13. Okay. But seriously, about 17, 18, like right around end of high school, started getting into. All right. And are you a Jersey guy? Yep. So what was your first guitar? Um, man, I don't even, I'm trying to think. It, it was like, I think it was a Craftsman. It was a, it was a Fender knockoff. Like a Sears Craftsman? I, I don't know. It was from a. Rondo Music, I think, in, okay. uh, in Union. It, it was a knockoff Strat. Right, it, right. But it was actually, uh, like, you ever see a mini Squire, a mini yes, Strat? Yes, yes. It was that. It was, I don't even know, half scale or... <laughs> Which is good for smaller hands in the beginning. Although, you, a senior in high school, you probably didn't have smaller hands, but... Well, that was, like, that was about 12, 13 when okay. I, I guess I kind of was growing into it, but... Right. Um, then I went to a uh, Fender Squire, like a full size about... Like a, a real Fender? Yeah. Okay. And then when did you start gigging? Mm. Like, did you do it in high school at all? <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. I remember I did a, the talent show one year, and then my senior year, I, I played with two bands at the talent show, and I thought I was the coolest guy ever. <laughs> now, did, you know? So did that work for you? So, or, or better yet, let me back up a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I, I picked up guitar solely because I thought it would make me cool. Okay. You know, there were insecurities all over the place. And somehow that sort of filled a void or put me in a slot that I thought I could find myself in. Were your motivations more about love of music or were they more so social in the beginning, in the very beginning, if you were to be fully self-honest? Well, let me, let me backtrack myself here. Um, I think it was for the love, love of music. You know, I got to give some credit to my father, first okay. of all, because he... He got me the guitars, obviously. Um, is he a musician? He was, he, he <laughs> he'll say this himself, he's a hack bass player. Okay. So, uh, but you know, in the 70s, he was doing the same thing as me, you know, starting out just doing cover bands, playing Foghat and right, right, right. just all these, you know, Van Halen, all these classic rock bands. And um, I mean, he taught me Smoke on the Water. That was like, That's everybody's that was like first song. the first song. And I remember I was like 12 or 13 and uh, some kids came and they're like, you want to come play outside and play baseball or whatever it was? And I was like, no, check this out. And I showed them Smoke on the Water. They're like, okay, <laughs> we don't really get it. But Now, did you learn it as a one string song or did you actually learn more than, like I learned it, I just hit my mic. <laughs> I, I learned it just on the E string. That's how I learned it. Did you learn it better than that? I learned it on the E string, but then I got into the chords, and I mean, he, I, I don't even know if that was the first song, I remember it was that, it was uh, Dave, David Bowie, um, Hang On To Yourself, uh, just stuff he grew up with, he was kind of... My college band did that song. That's a great Bowie. tune. All right, let's, tune. now, here's an interesting, can you, let me hear the real, let me hear the bad way to play Smoke on the Water and how you would do it now. Oh, gosh. <laughs> let me hear 13-year-old you. I mean, if you want that, as <laughs> I want. Let's start with thirteen-year-old you. All right. Oh, I like the way you messed up the rhythm a little there. All right, now, <laughs> now let's hear it better. I don't even know if I'm playing on the right right uh, thing. Yeah. 
Now, is that a song you guys would do now? No. No, we, I, I wish we were, but it's, it's all top 40 stuff, you know. It's popular music, probably 80s up, 80s, 90s up, you know. Right. Real radio-friendly stuff, and that's what gets people moving. You no, know? it is. We've had so many talks on the show. I mean, the last show we did that's about to drop any day now, we were talking about the challenges of being in a cover band, right? And, and whether you're going to solely play for your own personal, selfish, artistic needs, or whether you're going to try to selflessly make the people who come watch you be happy. Yeah. Do you feel that struggle ever? Uh, absolutely. Every, every night I play, you know, it's, it, it's definitely a tough, uh, it's tough, you know, because it, I would love to be going out there doing Van Halen and doing all these, yeah, but, but people, well, first of all. Well, you well, don't it, dance to much Van Halen. It's, it's not even that. The well, big thing about the Event Horizon is we do a lot of medleys. We okay. do people's attention spans are so short. People are on their phone nowadays in the bar. Right, right. So we'll do a 90s rock medley with 10, ten songs in 10 minutes, maybe really? even more. Yeah, just one into the next, into the next. And it seems to get people all taken by surprise with just hanging out and interested That's all night. That's a clever you know? idea. So, so when A you... lot of bands do that, but I mean, it's almost like a DJ, you know? Right, a live right. DJ. Right. Band. So you're... So you're I'll, I'll, maybe I'm not exaggerating. Your conflict, your artistic conflict, is not even necessarily I want to play my own stuff, but I would rather play you know different stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. But you still derive joy from playing. Oh, absolutely. You know, yeah. you, you make it your own too. You know, so, you can you can take a new dance song and throw a lead in it or whatever it is or. So you guys, your goal, if you're playing a very a popular song, you don't feel the pressure to make it sound like, you know, like a, say tribute band style. You're you're going to put your own spin on it. Yeah, I think so. I think within the cover band scene, it. I mean, to do it exactly like the record too. I mean, you want to bring some life into it. You know, you want right. to bring some feel, some, just you want to make people feel what you're playing, you right. know, and and sense that passion, sense how much you're into it, how much you enjoy it. I think that goes a lot. If you're, if you're just standing up there playing, standing, sitting still, you know, it's, it's definitely, uh, uh, you know, I don't know. I think about that a lot. I really do. So, so what are one of your favorite songs that you feel like you've put your own style onto? <laughs> Give me an example of one. All right. What are, do you guys play? Like really old stuff? No, it's usually it's a lot of current stuff, you know. Um, man, I, I I couldn't tell you. I mean, I really don't know. This is totally on the spot, everybody. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> it's all good. Well, that but that's an interesting thing too, right? Because there's so much in that brain of yours. Like like, what do you have? Like you could probably you guys could probably do what three four hours? Yeah, usually that's it's a standard night. I mean. So your your set will have what like twenty thirty songs or more? Easy, yeah. Well, when we do the medleys, I mean, it's probably there's ten songs in one ten minute medley. So I mean, we might be doing sixty seventy songs a night. In, that's a lot. And that's a lot to be swirling around in your head. Yeah. Well, you know what? It's it's muscle memory though. Once you start doing it, but it, you're asking me this now. It's like I can't even think like. I think that's a interesting. Song we do. I'm like, yeah. I don't. <laughs> no, like, look, I'm a lawyer. And someone might say, what's your favorite case you've handled in the last 30 years? And I would do what you did, right? right? There's, there's a million cases that I'm very proud of as an attorney I've handled. 
but then suddenly it'll be a swirl, right, uh, of all sorts of different cases that will just pop in my brain. Right, yeah. And they won't necessarily get to me. Um, hmm. Now, at this level, do you guys have to practice all the time? Or, you know, we've had guests on the show who will say that playing is usually our practice because we're playing so much. Do you guys have to practice or are your gigs your practice usually? Our gig is our practice. I mean, um, if we're doing like a wedding or a certain event where maybe trying to get new songs for every couple months, we'll, we'll do a rehearsal. But I mean, it's to an extent, you know, with, with medleys, we were going to have to rehearse that stuff. We were just learning right. um, a standard song for the night. We could do it on the fly, you know. I mean, everybody's accomplished. Everybody, uh, right. you know, now we just kind of have that understanding to let's do it. So your band is The <clears throat> Event Horizon. The Event Horizon, yep. Okay. So what's, what's the lineup? Uh, our singer, which actually, Bon Jovi story. Okay, you got another <laughs> you got, one. I can, I can relate that if you want. Yeah. Um, it's not even that. He uh, he knows uh, David Bryan, keyboard player, right, and right, uh, right. Lexi. Uh, I think Lexi, right? His wife, and they they know Bon Jovi. <laughs> but uh, Henry's our singer, Henry Robinson. He was in. Um, he's been doing this for 20, 30 years probably. He was in oh. Life Speed. Um, right. He was in the Love Pumps, uh, Love Lies Bleeding, doing the New Jersey scene for. He know he knows the ins and outs. So. Um, He's our lead singer, and he actually plays bass on a few songs. Okay. Um, we have Meg, and she is our female lead. Okay. And we have um, LJ, and he's our bass player, okay. but he also plays guitar, and that's when Henry plays bass, so right, it's right. a little confusing. Right. Multi-instrumentalist here, okay. you know. And are you sometimes the only guitar player on some songs? Yes. Okay. So it sounds like usually, right? Most of the time, yeah. And that, that, that gives you more freedom but more responsibility, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. It gives you more responsibility but allow, it allows you to kind of make it your own, you know? Right, right. Um, and T's our drummer. I can't forget him. So. Oh, you would have got in a lot of trouble today. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, yeah, you know, I, we, we do, you know, I don't have a song in particular, but a lot of the, the newer dance stuff is where you could really kind of make it your own. Now, will you guys make it a little more rockish? Yeah, yeah, to an extent. Um, we don't try to do it too much to where it's just like every every dance song is just a chugging riff and just kind of like right. rocked up, you know, we try to... Because that would be self-indulgent, I guess, <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. Yeah, the metal band, <laughs> the metal dance band. So. But you're, but you're, you're, you're basic, or the, the center of your playing to me seems to be blues-oriented. Yeah, I mean, from what it's little I've heard how so I, far, how I learned. Um, I mean, when I um, even going back to like when I was younger, I, again, my father. I mean, he got me into so many, so many old school '60s, '70s, even '80s. A lot. It's funny. I'm actually anybody you know will be like, you're totally born in the wrong era. Hair metal, you know. Right, I'm right. totally into like Skid Row and Dokken and all these guys, but um. I think a lot of that, especially the 70s, 80s hard rock, it starts with blues, you know? It's right. just kind of... Right. And then, do you think that your dad was a heavy influence on you musically, like in terms of style and what you appreciate? Absolutely. He took me to yeah. see... Um, he said, I, you know, I don't, even, I don't even know exactly when I started, but like 10, 11, 12, that era, but I saw Kiss when I was nine. It right. was their reunion tour, and 
that opened my mind to a world of, I can't even tell you, man. I was Continental Airlines Arena. Um, I'm walking around. I, like, I knew the music. I never saw them in the makeup. And there was a, there was an overpass to get to the arena. Right, right. And there was fans dressed up in makeup, screaming, guys, girls. And I, I thought I was at the, cir like the circus, you know, no idea yeah. what I was about to see. And, and say what you will about Kiss, you know, because people give them a bad rap, but it, that whole spectacle of live music in that show, it's, it was just, that changed my life, you know. That really? Made me, That's that made pretty me cool. want to do music, yeah. Let me hear, uh, what's your favorite Kiss song that you play? <laughs> I don't even know. You do. Uh, probably Black Diamond. set up but <laughs> that's cool that's cool so let's let's talk a little bit about this guitar i'm loving this guitar and i noticed i don't know if we can get that in monica on the oh, camera yeah yeah you got your little uh, you got your name plate that's right the, there uh, ebay special there yeah oh really is that how you do it <laughs> bought it on ebay yeah they, they custom engraved it for me oh that's pretty cool that's pretty cool i would have thought that this was some kind of special thing but it's still special it's personalized all right so so you um i, I learned from scott you're a les paul guy yeah. What draws you to Les Pauls over other makes and models? Well, to go back to uh, the the first guitar, the Fender Squire strap yeah. that I learned on, um, that was my first guitar, 1990, my first real guitar, maybe 1998. Right. This was my second guitar. Really? So I think I got this in... 2001 or 2002, and uh, you can see. Oh, the, I, I you love can see, you can how beaten up uh, that is. Yeah, look at that. <laughs> That's fantastic. That's real, man. I also noticed you, you had to re-drill your hole for your this is a uh, strap. I don't even care if it's not pretty, man. <laughs> All right, so you've got you've got uh, two different humbuckers on there. What's is that a Seymour Duncan? Yeah. So this is you got a Seymour Duncan here. What's is this stock? That's stock at maybe a four ninety eight or five. I don't even know what it is, but um. Right, and I noticed you got it really. You got it flush there. Is is that on purpose or is that just the way it, it came? Was trying to kind of balance it out, yeah. Yeah. Balance out the two pickups. And then this guy's very close. So you want that for the bright sounds because you yeah. got that adjusted really high. That's my lead. That's my uh, lead sound there. So, but yeah, this is uh, this is really the guitar I I learned. That's fantastic. You know, learned solos and really just started learning. So you got. I'm guessing if you got it young, you have parents who really love you that your second guitar was a Les Paul. I saved Not up. Even if, oh, I you saved really you up. bought it. Yeah, I was I was maybe 12 or 13. I remember. Um, how the hell did you save up for then this is so when you're 12 and 13 this is at least 600 bucks right yeah i think it was 550 it was okay. used you know but um this was like probably 1100 new oh i'm and, sure uh, yeah the guy i bought it from uh picked it up and just never got into it and uh i remember south plainfield i think he was showing me a puddle of mud uh how to play i think she hates me or something and then i i started playing it and uh, at that age, I was just an open book, you know, everything. Yeah. I, was, I learned sweet child of mine on this thing, just like so many memories, you know, and it's, just a, it's a beater. I uh, I got cracks in it. I cracked the neck. I changed the tuners. I changed the bridge. So these, no, when you <clears throat> replace these, are these Gibson or are they something else? They're Grovers. Uh, okay. The, the Gibson right. ones, they they pop off. They no, get, Grovers, they get old. that's a high-end tuner. 
Yeah, I mean they're they're standard. They're nothing special. They're not locking, but they're right. They don't give me any problems. You know, this is my this is my main guitar with, with the Event Horizon. It's been my main guitar in every band I've been in. And then the pots, those aren't original. The color looks a little weird. Did you replace the pots too? Uh, yeah, I put different knobs and the pots have been changed so cool. many times. I get so much dirt in there with everything. That so. looks original. Your nut's probably original, right? Um, might oh, it looks kind of pristine. I don't know. Might have been replaced once or twice, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I think it was replaced once. But your toggle, you don't have your uh, your little plastic cover on your toggle. Fell off and I just That's never, cool. It's for the... This is my, my Ace Freely trick to do the... I've never seen that. Oh, you know what we were talking about before the show? I, I said the Steve Howe swell, and you were talking about an Eddie swell. With oh, the yeah, Let me yeah. see a little bit of that. I with can't the do that, but, you know, it's the whole, the whole cathedral thing, but I, <laughs> I'm not even going to play that up. You play your own thing. Just give me a little swell. I... I you know, I try to gonna... <laughs> I try to incorporate some of that stuff live, like Let's just see. solos and stuff. Just like there you go. That's cool. Um, Very cool. There you go. Just little, you know. That's little, great. Little intricate stuff to uh, make it make it your own. Now, now, so is it just sort of happenstance that you end up moving from Fender to Gibson because you bought this, or was it you know I, you're thinking of? I know, yeah, I know you were talking about that uh, as far as the uh, why I'm a Gibson guy. I mean, I, is it just life took you there? I think so, but I mean, I always always looked up to Slash, always looked up to like Joe Perry and all those right. guys. So they're all Les Paul guys. Um, right. And then you've got you got a Les Paul here. Let's see. I think I think yeah. These are the other two you have with you. So, can I? Yeah. All right. Let me see. There, there we go. After I smash your guitar. So, <laughs> so what? So what's this? This is a heavy guitar. So this is a Les Paul Deluxe. Yep. It's this, actually. It's a little more pristine than the other one. Yeah, I don't. I don't play it. Oh really? <laughs> I do, but you know, it's it's a backup. Um, it's actually, a it probably has a better tone and sound than this, but the feel on this one is everything. This me, is you know? really heavy. This is a very heavy guitar. Yeah, I'd probably be hunched over a little bit more if I was playing yeah. that uh, primarily. Now, now what's, are these original pickups in here? Yeah, this is actually a, a 2015. It's not really? even, um, it, it's made to look like a 76 well, or 77 Deluxe. I mean, if these, are, if these are humbuckers, they're really narrow. There they're are mini humbuckers in there, Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, they, they're almost as narrow as like a P90. The, you could actually put a P90 in that guitar. Oh, really? Uh, they, they supposedly pop right in, so yeah. But, but that would be anathema to what Gibson is. Because, <laughs> I mean, Gibson is all about the humbucker. Yeah. So, so what is the deal with this? You just have it as a spare, or is it a special guitar to you? It feels similar to this, you know. Um, I bought it recently, actually. I just brought it because it looked cool. But <laughs> it does look cool. It does. I, I love the idea of these these little retro-looking pickups. Yeah. No, it's it's excellent. It, you know what? It, it's more of even a few songs. I just use it for a different sound, and it actually right. has. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, you can make it a single coil. On, oh, is that what that does? That's very cool. Coil tab. So yeah. And then this this is just going from one pickup to the other. That's actually a boost. Um, oh no! Here we go. Yeah, right. that's your normal talk. This is actually yeah. like a. I don't even have a dB boost, decibel boost, so yeah. it, it gives it a little kick um, for like leads for solos. 
All right, that's but that's, yeah, you could you could do some really cool sounds with it. You could almost make it sound like oh, they both do it. So yeah. either pickup can go from humbucker to all right. That's very cool. You get it sounding like a little Fender Telly-ish if you if you want. So that's kind of like the jack of all trade guitars. But no, that is cool. And then you, and I'm like the no, you have a you do have a pick guard on both. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but but so but emotionally, that what is it that has you playing the old guy more than the young guy? If anything, <laughs> I I mean. For me, it's just it's just the the feel. I, I'm so comfortable. I could play it blindfolded, you know. Right. And I, you know, it's funny. I mean, not even that one, but I I bought this is a 2001 studio. Yeah. I've bought and sold like three or four 2001 studios. I put the same tuners, same. And they don't play like that. And they, they're nothing alike, you know. It's it's just a. Gibsons are very. Uh, you know, you, you got to try every one. You no, know, they're, you they're all going to vary. Yeah. I mean, I, for years, I had a 78 Strat, and it was nothing special, but I had people tell me they had never played a Strat as good as mine. Yep. There was just something about that particular one that I, I believe you too, yeah. I mean, yeah. absolutely, yeah. It's a piece of wood, and I, I, uh, my, uh, my guitar tech, he was telling me that every, every piece of wood in the rainforest or wherever it comes from, depending yeah. on how much humidity, how much water, all that, all oh, that it's comes all different. Into account, so. And then just the neck, the feel <clears> of the neck. And that's a much lighter guitar than the other one, right? Yeah. Like feel that's it's Oh yeah, that doesn't feel very I mean it doesn't feel Gibson-y in that. No, sense. this is actually a studio too. That's you know, that's a deluxe more getting. So up. this is a lower model than that? Yeah. Okay. And and it uh a lot of people are going, oh, why are you playing that? But I mean it just, no, it it just sounds does great. It it's a workhorse too, man. Being in bands two two hundred shows a year, I mean I, I don't wanna I don't care at this point what this thing looks like, you but know? Do you get nervous? Because now that guitar, it's becoming more special for you, yeah, right? Yeah, I know. I, I, cra I, I had a crack here, and I, I got scared, and it's just a surface crack. I thought okay. it went all the way through. So. But even, like, if you're between sets and it's sitting there on stage in a stand, do you get nervous if someone's going to lift it off you or if it's going to fall? <laughs> because every, every further gig you play, that thing becomes more important to you. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. I do, I do. I All think right, I about just, it. I just ruined your night. <laughs> <laughs> Not playing anymore. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Neary goes away. Neary guitar. All right, let's talk about this guy here. So finally, it, no, it's not even, it's sort of stratish. <laughs> It's a super strat. It's a super strat. <laughs> this thing is cool. So let me try to get that on the camera here. So that's very cool. Now, did you get this paint job done on your own, or did it come like this? I bought it that way. Um, I know the story on it. Um, oh, I'm going to hear. So uh, it's really, really similar to a, a Kramer. And if you look up Kramers, yeah. they have the same type of paint schemes, airbrushed. Guy Dennis Klein did it. He okay. did it for Kramer. He did it for this. Did it for Charvel. Okay. And uh, this guitar was made in 80, I think it says it on here, I don't know. Yeah. It should have his uh, 1987. Oh, that's an old guitar. And it was made in New Jersey at, um, uh, I think it was Garden State Music Center in Tom's River, and they did yeah. custom guitars out of there, and they called them Custom Dreams. Oh, wow. And it was, I think it's a... I don't know if it's a Charvel. It might be a, Ch a Chandler body and a, a Chandler neck. And uh, Paul Unkert made them, and he he did a guitar for uh, Eddie Van Halen. He's he's a an amazing amazing uh, luthier. Just and I'm looking here. You're doing the same thing on this that you did on that guitar. You've got you got your uh, yeah your humbucker back here. It, it's it's all but touching the strings. 
That's great. <laughs> He's a really yeah. And then the same thing, and and your neck humbucker is flush with the body. That's pretty cool. So you get a sort of a deeper sound from that. And yeah. Well, I'll tell you, like whether it's this guitar or this Les Paul. I mean, I'm not even a, a big pedal guy. I try to do as much as I can with what you have here, you know. Right. As far as now, what do you what's what's your rig over there? Is it just all fixed? That's you know that's like a casino rig. Okay. More so than anything, like a, a lot of the, the casinos are playing uh, Bally's or Hard Rock or whatever. It, it, sometimes they have a back line, but a lot of times you're bringing your own amp. So okay. that's kind of the smaller thing. But I'm a big, I'm a big all tube, you know, f tube, right. tube head, 50 watt tube head, 50 watt Marshall, whatever. And so just, you're old school. Yeah. I think that's great. And you th I bet that comes from your dad too, like, like having that kind of attitude. Like an old school attitude. Yeah, I mean, it it even goes back to Kiss, man. Just seeing a, a rock band like that and just that whole spectacle. I mean, I, I remember I was nineteen, twenty. I was doing my own cover band, and I wanted to make like the rock cover band playing. Right, right. You know, just big stacks and everything, making it a show, making it a, a tribute, and I don't know. That always stuck with me. I think that really followed me through with and now now sound guys hate me if i bring a a, a hundred watt uh, amp along are they <laughs> used to smaller amps yeah i mean everything's did so much is dig people bring in little boards digital Ugh. boards and well, it's not, not it's not the same no, you know it's not good i've even <laughs> looked at your amp let me see how far i can go with my mic here let's see so you've got i'm just dragging my mic yeah you're all right so that is it's an igniter. Thank you, because I cannot pronounce that. <laughs> so, so what is that now? So tell me about that amp. That's, that's that just a... That looks beautiful. Uh, that looks like an old school amp. Yeah, it's actually... Uh, I think it's just made to look vintage. Right. It's a 15-watt tube amp. It's 15? Yeah. And that's... Wow. that's uh, it, it cranks up pretty good, though. So you got you a know? 12 in there, or two. Yeah, 12. Just one 12. So I've never heard of a 15 with a 12-inch speaker. That's pretty cool. Yeah. The guy... Uh, uh, Bruce Ignator designed that. I mean, he's he's like a guru with that stuff. He's been doing amp mods and things for years, and it's it's good. It's got they call it an Ignator tweaker because you could tweak it. You could get a a Fendery sound, a Marshally sound, and right. It's it's perfect for what I do. You know, I feel like more of like the work workhorse. You know, with the guitar, with the amp, just. So is that is that loud enough when you gig to just mic it and you're good to go? Absolutely. I mean, being mic'd, you know, that's why guys use little. Well, like the uh, the Fender Princeton. Yeah, the, yeah. The old tube amp, champ amps. I remember. Uh, I think Jeff Beck was using a little. I don't know if it was a 10 inch speaker or a 12 inch speaker. It was a little Pro Junior. Right. And it, the thing is this big, you know? Yeah. And that was actually, I think it was like behind the drum set and behind every, behind all this, the, the marshals and everything, he had a little Fender tube amp. Yeah. Just cranking. But they say the little Fender tube amps are on half the albums we've listened to. Exactly, yeah, I you believe know? that, you know? Like Jimmy made the Marshalls famous, or the Suns actually also, but yeah, but yeah the little Fender, yep. you know, e even smaller than the Twin. Like, not the Twin Reaver, but just those little guys. Right, that's, yeah, the Blues Junior, the Pro Junior. Yeah. Um, the Princeton, yep. right? Yeah. So, so, now, do you have a lot of amps, like, you have a lot of guitars, or is that? Yeah, I, I kind of, I kind of become a gearhead and just try different things. And, so what other know, amps do you have? My, uh, my main amp, I tell everybody this, yeah. no, you, you're, you're not going to know, nobody's going to know, it was, uh, it's a B-52. Okay. Now that was a, a guitar center special. Like they, 
they brought it in. It was it was all import parts. It really wasn't high quality, right? But it was all tube. And I uh, I took it to Dennis Kager in uh, Lou Rose Music, and when I was I, I was maybe where's six, Lou Rose? I know Lou Rose. It closed down, but it was on. It was right by Sam Ash in uh, Edison, on Route yes. Twenty Seven. It was yeah. Couple blocks in there, but that was a mom and pop store, and it yeah. shut down. Uh, he worked at a in the basement. They had an amp repair shop, and he okay. he was the guy. He uh, he's been working on my stuff for 15 years. So okay, but um, that B52, it was probably the best buy I did because I still use that amp today. So what do you have? What kind of speaker do you have in there? Uh, vintage 30s. Okay. It's a head, and then I got a, a cab. So okay. But it's a hundred watts. But um, he upgraded it. Transformers. I don't even know. I'm not even that into that side of it. I mean. Right. But um. But that makes up for what other people use a lot of pedals and boards and MIDI and all that kind of I, crap. I always go for a decent gain, you know, and I just I got a wah pedal, maybe a phaser, a tuner pedal, and right. just very simple, straightforward rock and roll, you know. So. <laughs> and what other kind of amps do you have? I have a Marshall uh, JMP from 79, well, 80, so yeah, that thing cranks, but it, it doesn't it doesn't get the same bottom end, you know? Right, right. And um, that's a brighter amp, definitely. No, they're known for their volume more than their subtlety. You got to crank the hell yeah. out of that to get, you know? Right. That's the problem. Now, will you experiment with feedback? Will you put your guitar in front of the amp to, to <laughs> get a little bit it's, of that? Every now and then, yeah, it's it's... I don't know. It's 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 so it's different with a cover band too. You know, it's, right. it's you get freedom, but you don't. And I mean, I, I've I've done original bands too when I was younger, and uh, the the cover band is I'm I'm blessed to be doing it because it's it's just a steady gig and just getting to travel and see the world and do casinos and, and getting flown places. It's it, even even weddings and things like that. Like it's this whole other life, you know. Right. That a lot of people wonder about and don't get to see. And so now, when you're on stage, what what does that feel like for you? So so you know, like let's let's take like a Wednesday, right? <laughs> okay. So you're working for the county. You know, you're gonna wear your like khaki pants and your like button down shirt or whatever you're gonna yeah. wear all day, right? <laughs> you got it. Yeah. You probably have your hair pulled back a yes. little bit. And you're looking mm, conservative, and <laughs> right? And you're just some dude, right? Yep. And then you go home, you grab a quick dinner, you hop in your car, hopefully your fan belt or your, uh, some other belt doesn't pop Tire off. Tire doesn't fall off. Tire doesn't <laughs> fall off. And you go to a gig at the Jersey Shore, let's say. You get on stage. What does that feel like for you? Because well, the reason I ask is that yeah. I heard two things from you, right? So you come on and you're, you truly are organically filled with gratitude about this life. But Absolutely. You, but Absolutely. you also talked a little bit about the fact that you have that struggle, you know, that you're not necessarily playing exactly what artistically you might want to play. But now you're getting on stage. And I really believe that you, you just approach your whole musical life with gratitude. I, I, it was, you know, there, there was nothing feigned about that. It was real. Yeah. So tell us about that feeling you get. When, you know, you've had that full day at work at the county. Well, there's definitely a release, first of all, you know, because you're, you might be stressed out or whatever your day, whatever your day brings you. But once right. you're on stage, I mean, it, it's everybody in that band, you know, you, you're professional, you drop it, you go out on stage and you just, you're, you're on the, you're on the clock essentially, but you're right. also doing what you love to do. So, um, so I think there's, 
there's definitely some some gratitude there too when you, I, it comes and goes because we do bar a on tuesday yeah. nights you're saying wednesday tuesday nights tuesday nights are unbelievable in the summer it's 21 to 25 year old kids all just having the time of their life there into the music into the dj into everything going on so you feel the energy absolutely yeah but it, you you go into the winter and it's absolutely dead but at the same time now you're playing what you want you get to have a little bit more leeway you know you can take more liberties you're not so much on to this song into that song into that right. song and um I think every experience is a little bit different, you know. Even every gig, I, I don't, I don't feel like I have the same gig twice, you know. That's it's, very cool, because I, I will tell you this, you know, if if it were someone from the outside looking in, they might say to you, "How can you derive that kind of pleasure from it when you're playing, let's say, the same or a similar set list, yeah. you know, uh, you know, multiple times?" But I would guess that it, each gig would feel different because. You might play it a little differently. There'll be different people in the audience. Yup, and you're I, in a different mood. Absolutely, yeah. You, you know, you kind of you take some stuff with you on, on stage too. You know, it, it's it's uh, it's interesting. You know, I, I I really mean that. I feel like I don't have the same gig twice, but I, I don't know. I, I feel like um, I lost my train of thought. Well, that's okay. So we're, well, <laughs> Go we're back to that because I had No, it's to cool. Say. It's cool. So you're going to, you know, you might play the same things yeah. frequently, well, but at the same time, the, the energy that you're going to draw, mm -hmm. I would guess, is going to make it a different experience each time. Yep. And we, you know, we play with a crowd. You might have a birthday. You might have just somebody who's getting married or they're having their, their, or a bachelor party. Or they're having their after party there. And, yeah. Or it could just be a drunk fun night down the shore or whatever it is but i mean and some you know we really try to get the people into it when they respond when they react when people are just watching you and i feel like that's a big thing about the band and we have people watch us you know and that's i'm giving it my all i mean right. we all are and we're we're sore we're sweating or <laughs> whatever we're doing well, well, but um you're hitting a theme that i've heard from so many folks as recently as our last show um that we did our roundtable on, is that the best of the best of the cover bands take their job, their job seriously. Yeah. Yep. And that, and, and one, I like one of the things you said, which is that whatever has happened in your day, you're gonna leave that behind because when you get on that stage, you have a job to do. Yeah. Right. You know, you, you have you you have a responsibility, you have accountability to the folks you're in a band with, right? Yep. And then you have a responsibility to the people out there. Who you know they have their own issues. They're and they, there to see a show too. Yeah, yeah they you're, you're they might be. You don't know what could happen in their life, and you might make their night that night. You know. Right, it, it, where you could let them forget about exactly. their day. Right. Exactly. Yeah, that's why they're out. Uh, <laughs> right. At a bar. So, but uh, you know, also playing things differently. But um, playing with in-ear monitors too. I was kind of against that at first because I was okay. so used to a, a monitor shooting up at you. But hearing myself so much better has made it a lot you know more enjoyable to play that's interesting I've, we haven't talked about that on this show yet and i, I don't know anything about it i know uh, you know i have much much, I don't much know less experience either, so. than you do <laughs> but you know i but i've played with monitors and i've played when you can't hear yourself and it's horrible yeah All yeah right. you i mean you have your depending on what kind of rack system or hookup you have i mean you have your own mix 
okay. on a little wireless pack or, or a wired pack. So how just, did, yeah, tell us how it works. So. Um, I really don't know too what much do you, or other tell me than what you experience, forgetting what how it happens. So you have like much like our um, wireless. I have a wireless like receiver, one of these yep. guys, right? Right, but a wireless one. You hook on, right? And then you've got like an earbud, like an Apple earbud ish or whatever. Thing. They they have higher quality ones. I actually do use Apple earbud ones. <laughs> oh really? They're fine. Yeah. And then you're gonna hear a mix that's custom made for you. Yes, you have a board, a rack, and um. Each of the wireless receivers are in that rack, and um, it's all on an iPad. Really? Or, uh, or or some type of device there where you can tweak everything. Um, it, it depends what your hookup is, you know, what your setup is. But they, I mean, they have everything now. They, our our sound guy. I mean, the sound guys now walk around on on an iPad and mix everything. You know, that's really? like what it's come to. Yeah, it's crazy. That that is really interesting. But having that mix and being able, you know, every room's different. Being able to turn the lead vocals up a little bit, or turn the bass up, or you—it's—it's it's definitely um, come in handy, you know, because we use our own sound guys sometimes. But you're at the mercy a lot, and it, it's a good thing to have, you know. Well, you made a comment earlier that surprised <clears throat> me from my ignorance, is that yeah, I mean it, is that <laughs> sometimes you'll go to a gig, you're not bringing your amp. Yeah. They're, they're gonna have an amp waiting for you. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's more of the uh, the casinos mostly. Okay. I mean, that's more of like a you got union guys. You, it's the union gig guys on the clock, and uh, they have a backline. Sometimes you can't touch the stuff. You know, they just want you to plug in and. So you'll have a can you put your own board in? Yeah, there? I mean you could touch the amp, but they don't want you moving and putting plugging in two twelve cabs to it and everything. You know, you're just you could bring your board. It, it makes life easier if you get something that works. You know, but once do you, you get like your, it? I mean, are you you know? I don't mind it because I mean. Plus the carry. Yes, and uh, I mean half these things, a uh, hundred watt amp, you know, and a four twelve cab or whatever is overkill, you know. You be, you be, uh, and it's heavy. Yeah. And when you get to be my age, your back won't tolerate that. <laughs> so, yeah, but, but that's that's you know that that's part of the day in day out of being in a band like yours. So part of you, that's I would a whole think, other world of it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, part of you would love to bring the amps you love, I would think. But yeah. part of you is like, all right, thank God I don't have to carry my fucking amp. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So now, do you guys? I I, I yeah. feel like you you kind of learn. You learn yeah. how these gigs go. You learn what to expect. You know, you 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 just with experience. You know, I, and I now think, I would imagine if you're going to like a gritty bar, you're bringing your own stuff. If you're going to like more, uh, you know, like like I'm sure the Hard Rock, you're probably not bringing your amp to that, right? No, no. And they'll have a very sophisticated setup, and there's sound people waiting. For yep. You. Yep. It's very orchestrated, I would think. Yes, yes. Now, do you guys um, do you have any originals you mix in? No, we're we're strictly a uh, a cover act. Um, we were talking about working out that, but I mean, it, it it's 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 odd, you know, because uh, going back to the thing and playing in the summer versus the winter, I mean. Yeah. You might be playing a night at a packed bar with people who never heard you, people people who want a certain country crowd, a dance crowd, a rock crowd, so it's kind of hard to navigate. And I think that's why we throw a lot of these medleys out to kind of see what works. Right, you know? right. And then if you have 70 songs, I would imagine you guys are pretty adaptable. Yeah, well, we, I mean, we, we have more than that, but just on a typical, you know, we're doing essentially 30 songs a night, but just these medleys make right, it more. Right, but I right. mean, we have a country medley, hip-hop medley, um, an old-school rap hip-hop medley, 
like two or three rock medleys and an 80s arena rock medley, Guns N' Roses, ACDC, all that. So, um, and then we do full songs too. You know, we we we've all been in this game. I mean, uh, I've been in 15, 20 cover bands probably. Wow. It, it just that's a whole other thing. When I was like a like 2021, I got in my first my first. Uh, you got a fly. Did I get it? I think you did. <laughs> my first uh, cover band and um that was the whole rock thing i wanted i actually ran that cover band when i was like 21 and i was booking us for three four hundred bucks and i thought i was on top of the world and managing it going to bars putting up flyers trying to get them to book us and um i worked my way up to the event horizon just starting to fill in with people starting to get my name out there and i, I played with guys twice my age you know, when I was probably three times when I was 21, I'm playing with 60-year-olds doing Led Zeppelin, but that's what I wanted to do and kind of get right. schooled that way, you know. And um, a lot of dingy bars, a lot of dive bars. It's good stuff, but, you know, you just smiled when you said that, which is cool. Yeah. It was, <laughs> now, now, let me ask you this question. I look back at it. It's cool. <laughs> so as we, as we sort of wind down, yeah. what is on your personal wish list, uh, musically speaking? You're in a great place right now. You're in a fantastic band. I did, I did my YouTube search of you guys. You're fantastic. <laughs> so you could do exactly what you're doing forever and probably lead a wonderful life. But yeah. do you have any specific dreams, goals? You know, I'm always kind of in and out of original music, but, I mean, the, the whole scene is so tough around here. Yeah. Like, I would love to get to a point where I have a studio and I'm just able to make music as I as I go, as I please ideas, and not even just originals, just just ideas, you know. Right. Um, commercial songs for commercials. I don't know. Just things I I, I think of riffs, right. instrumentals. And you've got the skill set to be a studio guy too. Yeah. Well, I, the the next thing I'm on my uh, my site. On your event horizon. Yeah. My, <laughs> don't tell. Uh, no, I've already told our singer that, but um. I've been looking into like tribute bands, the, right. the next level, you know. And I mean, there's these guys. There's one band. Um, uh, they're called Hairball, and they're they're, you know, '80s full wig, but they tribute. They make like I think they make like twenty, thirty grand a night. Wow. And they're they're all over the country, you know. And they don't play that much. I mean, almost Queen. You probably heard of them. Yeah, they're, yeah. They were, you know, they were at their level and once that movie hit i mean they're selling out everywhere now and those guys are living a great life you know we had chris cologne on our show who's been in beatles i saw bands. that one yeah man that, that his, tribute is where it's it's fascinating because the level of detail that you need to achieve to to match because there, there there's no flub in anything you know yeah you're using the same thickness of pick you're using right, the same, right, right. if they have an eminent speaker you're not putting an electro voice speaker in there like it's <laughs> Everything. It's down to the, yeah. It was fascinating to me. There's there's a whole world of that, you know, a whole world I don't even know about. But I right. mean, you see bands even in Vegas. I mean, they're they're playing all over the country, and that's that's something I uh, could aspire to do because I, I feel like uh, playing 200 shows, whatever it is, you know, th two three times a week, that that wears yourself out. Right. You know, I can't do that till I don't know. <laughs> well, you got a great gig going now. Yeah. I gotta tell you. I appreciate that. I do. I appreciate you having me here too. Oh, this, this is, is awesome. This and, has uh, been great. I, I'm a little nervous, but uh, <laughs> yeah, you didn't sound nervous. Stressed out with the uh, drink your whiskey. You're yeah. good. <laughs> <laughs> I need it, man. Well, listen. It's been great having you. I'm gonna 
shake your hand. You've been fantastic. Thank you. How do we find you guys, Event Horizon? Just go on Facebook. It's, uh, yeah. Eventhorizon.band. That's right. the website. Eventhorizon.band. Okay. We're on Facebook. Right. Uh, my handle is at the Dan Neary. That's for Instagram and all that stuff. Right. And I, I think my website is. Dan Didn't you have danneary.com or something? It's, it's dannearyguitar.com. Okay. And that's got actually. N e a r y. N e a r y. And that's okay. got every. That's got music I've done in the past. Original bands. Um. Everything. Dates. Live Perfect. dates. All that stuff. So. All right. Well, if people watch this show, they know that they're going to want to see you. Um, so listen, thank you guys so much for watching again. Don't forget, if you like the show and you enjoy the show, hit subscribe, share it with your friends. We have more great shows lined up. I said at the outset of the show, um, we've got some fabulous stuff coming forward. We have Matt O'Ree scheduled to tape December 10th. Won't necessarily drop that then, but come watch it. Check out our YouTube channel, uh, follow us on Instagram, on Facebook, and we will see you again in the near future. Thanks again to Riverview Studios and uh, publicist extraordinaire Scott Engel. We'll see you soon. Take care. Good night.